What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Wednesday, June 10th, 2015, and you guys listening to episode 212. Hope everybody is doing great. Hope everybody had a good week in between shows, and um, I have a great show for you guys today. So much to talk about, so much stuff in sports, saw a movie that I have to talk about. Um, I want to talk about something crazy that happened tonight. There was just um, a bunch of cool stuff that has happened uh, since you guys heard from me last, and I am uh, really excited about 2.12. (laughs) I'm pissed off a little bit. But we're going to get to the unacceptables, and I feel like I have so much lined up for this show that I, I hope I could get to the time uh, to get everything that I want to get in, you know, because it's just one of those things where, I'm not going to lie, sometimes I do the show and I'm like, all right, there's not much going on, but we could do this, we could do that. Today, I was just like, holy shit, man, uh, how much time do I have, you know, to, to get all this in there, so, uh, without further ado, let's just get into the show, again, uh, 2.12, first, as always, gotta talk about the sponsors, um, I got the best sponsors, and, uh, I'm really thrilled to be working with these people, so, uh, gonzofame.com, uh, go to gonzofame.com for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today, uh, gonzofame.com is, you know, just talking about all your favorite comedians' journeys to where they're at now, where they're going. Um, a recent one that they've done um, is uh, Dave Foley. Dave Foley is one of the founding members of the comedy troupe Kids in the Hall, which developed a cult following. And, uh, you know, it won, Kids in the Hall was huge. You know, it won, uh, you know, it won a bunch of stuff. And it, those guys were so hilarious. It was a, it was a really funny show. Also, people like, you know, my buddy Nori Davis is on there. Chris Porter, I have one on there. Aaliyah Janine, who is a um, porn star turned comedian, she's on there. Uh, Joe Bartnick, Tommy Davidson, Kyle Kinane, Giannis Pappas, Jeff Ross. I mean, you name it, there's just so many comedians on there. Doug Stanhope, just so many different people. Go to Gonzo Fame. It is run by a very funny up-and-coming comedian, Dave Gavry, out in Chicago. So um, you could check... You could check that out, and um, you will read a lot of cool stuff about these people. Um, you know, and it just has, you know, there's definitely like little um, write-ups on things and, and all kinds of cool stuff on godzofame.com. So uh, go there and, um, you know, like the page and all that stuff because uh, I had a lot of fun doing that interview. So uh, you comedy nerds, if you really want to go to a great site, go to gonzofame.com. Also, the new... Sponsor of the Verzi Effect Podcast, Brookings Mediation. And Brookings Mediation, uh, I'm really thrilled to have these guys um, these guys on. Because uh, Brookings Mediation and John Burton are a... Um, basically what they are is they're an alternative to litigation. So um, if you're in some kind of... Uh, you know, you need to have like a debt settlement or you're going through a bankruptcy or a divorce. What Brookings Mediation does is they will sit down... Um, you know, on behalf of both parties and just come up with a better set, a better settlement, a much faster, easier solution than going to court where you don't have to worry about a judge saying this is what it is and somebody ends up getting screwed. Um, you could sit down. It's just way 
way less expensive. People think they got to get lawyers for the divorce when you actually don't. You could sit down, go to a mediator. And again, he's been doing it for a really long time. Um, they're not a lawyer. They're not a law firm. They don't do anything like that. Okay, what they are is they just are, you know, they sit down with you in a conference room or over the phone and they figure out how to make this thing easier, cheaper, and faster than going through months and months, even years of court. Um, And the guy is the best at it. He does uh, an initial consultation for free. Um, You know, again, he's been doing it 27 years. The guy knows what he's doing. The website is brookingsmediation.com. You could call the toll-free number 877-415-7770. Okay, again, that's Brookings Mediation. I have an awesome offer, okay, because I was talking to them this week. And uh, John Burton's a great guy, knows knows what he's doing. And um, we decided that if you call, if you're going through any kind of, if you're going through any kind of debt settlement, divorce, bankruptcy, something where you just get nervous and you go, oh man, I need a lawyer, you know, even, even contract disputes, stuff like that. Um, if you're going through that, call John at that number, 877-415-7770. Tell him that you, uh, you know, listen to the Verzi effect. You're getting over there from uh, Paul Verzi and the Verzi effect and you will get a 30% discount on what's going on if you come from the show. I can't stress enough. It is an absolute no-brainer. It's cheaper, faster, and uh, you will get amazing uh, advice and settle stuff. Um, and it's again, it's not legal advice. It's not a, a lawyer. It's just They'll just sit down and, and you guys work it out. Uh, they don't represent anybody. They represent both parties to try to just make whatever's going on uh, easier and faster. So Brookings Mediation, check that out. Uh, just say the, the promo is basically the Verzi effect TVE contact them and mention my name and, uh, anywhere in the country you are and he will help you out. All right, guys. Now I don't even know where to begin. Okay. So much stuff has happened. All right. Like this show would be over an hour without unacceptables. That's how much shit we got to talk about. I think I'm going to get right into it, and I think I'm going to talk about the movie I saw, just to get it off the, let's just get it off the plate, because I got a lot of different things to talk about, so uh, if I get this off the plate now, we could get right into it, so I got I saw Mad Max, okay, I was told to see Mad Max, everybody was talking to me about Mad Max being so cool, oh my god, this movie's incredible, this movie is this, oh, they don't make movies like this anymore, oh, all the scenes are real stunts, they didn't have any, you know, fake stunts, it's, it's amazing, it's, it's this, it's that, um, so, fine, I hear all that stuff, you know, I hear all that stuff about Mad Max, and I mean, I'm talking about friends of mine I respect, People that I I think are smart, people that I know know good movies, so I'm like, this is going to be, this is a no-brainer, and you know, I've talked about it on the show, I've been waiting, I've been dying to go to the theater, I've been dying, okay, to, to, you know, get out there and get my fucking candy and sit down and watch a movie, I love doing that, and I was so excited. I mean, some of the comedians that I love and respect, everyone's saying you got to go see this movie. So I go see the movie, um, which I think is going to be a no-brainer. I'm with my older brother. I'm with my buddy, uh, Chris Lamberth, comedian Chris Lamberth. He's been on the show. He has a show called The Mundane Festival. Um, and we decide to go to a, I think it was like a 1050. 
which is perfect for me because I'm a le- I could I could do a midnight, but if you give me ten fifty, it's like it's just prime time. You know, it's perfect for a movie night, and I'm psyched. All right, and we go in, and I mean, I don't even know where to begin. I don't give a fuck that the stunts haven't been done. Like, and I know, oh well, you know, it's a post-apocalyptic. Did you see the original one? This and that. Fine, I get that. Everyone's like, no, stay true. It. This fucking movie stunk to me. It stunk. It was one of the things you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting, and fucking what? I gotta see Charlize Theron be the fucking badass while this guy's just like fucking walking. This guy, Tom Hardy, wasn't even a badass, and I love Tom Hardy. He's my fucking one of my favorites. I love him. See him in the drop. He's awesome. He's awesome in Lawless. He's awesome in fucking. He's awesome in everything that he does. And he was awesome in Mad Max, but he wasn't the badass in Mad Max. Chris Lambert said something funny. He goes, yeah, it should have been called fucking Mad Cherylise Theron. Because it was her movie. It was her movie and these chicks she's with. Okay, and all the fucking movie is, is they... First of all, I don't like I, the whole thing where, like, they fucking tie him to the car at the beginning of the movie. The, uh, like, so basically, what happens in the movie is, and I don't give a fuck if I give it away. I thought it stunk. I'm not that fucking... So many people get... You know, so many people get so fucking happy when they see a little explosion or they see some good effects. Whoa, whoa, and they're eating their popcorn looking at fucking fire. Give me a break. How about the fucking story? Can we put a little more quality in the story? You got Tom Hardy and Charlize Theron. Can it be a little more fucking... Can it be a little less simple? I mean, come on. I don't give a shit about the stunts. All it is is driving in the desert. Here's the best part about the movie, too. The, uh, you know, and I'm being sarcastic. But the best part of the movie is they drive across the fucking desert or whatever they're doing to get to some place, okay, with a couple of fucking pregnant chicks who look like they fucking just got out of a day spa. Everybody else is dirty. Everybody else is, like, cut up. Everyone else has makeup on. And, and, and then these these chicks, I get it, fine. He was, like, keeping them nice because they were the ones that were breeding. I get it. But, like, these chicks looked like they just came out of a fucking salon, you know? And they go all the way across. So she basically goes rogue. Shirley Steron goes rogue to save the women. So all the people back at the place see that they fucking turned, you know, and they always have to have the weird guy. They got the weird guy who's in a wheelchair and he's got no legs or arms or whatever. Or he's got a foot hanging out of his pelvis. And like, you know, fine, I get that. You got to have that. And that's fine. You know, God bless that actor. I hope he gets through whatever he's going through. But anyways, you know, I'm watching this movie. And they had Tom Hardy. They basically had him captured. And then when they start going after Charlize Theron and like, you know, the chicks that went rogue. He's like strapped to the hood of the car. And it's like, first of all, there's no reason to even take him. But fine, I get it. You got to get him in the movie. It's got to start somehow. And they're just driving, and they're driving, and they're driving, and finally there's a big fucking awful crash, and of course, guess who gets up from the sand? Tom Hardy, he gets up from the fucking sand, and he goes and he meets Charlize Theron and these pregnant chicks, and he ends up going with them, and they're just driving, and three armies of guys, three different armies of these rebel nutjobs are chasing him, and it's just chasing him, chasing him, and then something happens, a storm, and guess what? The screen goes black, and then after the screen goes black, they're just still driving again. It was fucking two hours of them driving driving and then this fucking guy goes oh you know what here's the way to do it we got to go back they find out where they were going doesn't exist anymore and he goes let's just go back right through them 
And he does it with fucking like seven 65-year-old bitches that, 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 that are going to fucking do it. Like these chicks, 65-year-old chicks are riding motorcycles. Like they don't have fucking, you know, whatever, glaucoma. You know, uh, what's the, the thing with your fucking, you know, uh, what's the damn disease? that Arthritis. Yeah. They have arthritis and they're, you know, these older chicks that have been through so much. And now they're going to run back and go through these armies to get back to the, and just kill it. It's, I got to tell you something. It was so fucking disappointing to me. It was so fucking ridiculous to me that I don't care about the remake. It's 2015. Okay. It could be better than just explosions. I did at one point, I'm like, man, this could be good. This could be good, like when the motor when the motorcycle guys were after them, because they had a deal with her and the oil, I guess, and then like she just had to keep plowing through because the bad guys were coming behind them, and they're just like jumping over and they're shooting and they were playing really cool music and they were shooting these motorcycles in the air and I was like, this is really cool. This is about to be bad. Tom, I, le- I actually leaned over to my brother and I go, Tom Hardy's gonna start fucking people up and this is gonna be awesome, and he didn't. He acted like this quiet guy helping her, but didn't want to be bothered. And then when he thinks she's dead, he goes, Max, my name is Max. Like, oh, that was the big breakthrough you had? I mean, how fucking dumb am I? How dumb are people to just be like, oh, that was good. Are you serious? Please, I want you to write to the show and tell me how that movie was good. Other than the bullshit explosions. And you know what? It wasn't just me. My brother didn't like it. Fucking Chris Lambert walked out disappointed. Everybody was like, and everyone, and I talked to people. I'm like, I didn't like it. Like, really? Really? Did you see the first one? It doesn't matter. No, and I didn't see the whole first one. So maybe that's where I'm going wrong here. Maybe that's it. But I'm sitting in a movie theater waiting for something to happen, and I'm just watching trucks go through the fucking desert and these unrealistic chases where fucking three armies of people are chasing one one group that they can't get. And then finally, when the, when they get to the place they want to get to, they decide to go back the same way, and it works, and he does it with 65-year-old women. Give me a break, man. Shirley Steron was the badass in the movie. She was the hero in the movie, not not Tom Hardy. And one cool scene that you thought Tom Hardy was going to have is when he walks through and starts to fight, but you just hear an explosion and he comes back and you, and you just assume he killed somebody and he starts helping again. It was it was it was ridiculous. And then when he was in fights, it was just like these long chases where he's jumping on cars and shit. Like, that's what movies have become. CGI, or fine, in this case, it was real, but it's just jumping around explosions fucking dumb. It's boring. I want a good story. I want good acting. And I know what you're saying. Well, Paul, it's Mad Max. It's a post-apocalyptic. They already did it. And for what did it? Don't show a big explosion and the screen goes black and they're just driving. At one point, we just started laughing. Every scene was just driving. Every scene was driving with the bad guys close to you. And you knew every fucking 10 minutes, there'd be like a little fight that happened and they would just keep driving. And then they decide to go back. It was a joke. It was a snooze fest. It was a fucking bore. It stunk. Oh, I liked it. I liked it. Really? What did you like? Did you like the explosions every every once in a while to think it was an action movie? Or did you like the unrealistic story that that guy was going to go back towards the bad guys and go against three armies when he's with fucking seven broads, a couple that are pregnant, and one with one arm? Not to mention the truck just never broke down in the heat and the desert going through that. That never broke down. I just fix a tube and it keeps going. Absolutely a joke. I should have sought fucking Entourage instead. Even if Entourage stunk, it would have been better and less insulting than watching people just drive through a desert for two hours with stupid makeup and some guitar playing with the rebel. It's so stupid.
And, and, and does the bad guy always have to have some crazy mask which shows that he's a little extra nuts than everybody else? And he has like some kind of, you know, big, you know, like and, and deformity or whatever. And he's got to put like this big thing on so he looks like a crazy badass. Like, does it always have to be like that? Oh my God. Fucking dumb. That's what it was. It was just dumb. At, at some point, you got to look yourself in the mirror and go, I'm an adult. Okay, I'm an adult watching this. Tom Hardy is such a badass and it was a waste. To me, it was a waste. And I know I know most of you. I know most of you because I saw it got, it got 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Everybody loved this movie. I know I'm in the minority and I know you guys are thinking I'm wrong. I don't give a fuck. I went in excited. I got good taste in movies. Everything that I've ever said on my show. Except, well, some people didn't like John Wick. Some people thought John Wick was... And listen, I even prefaced John Wick with that. It was just crazy, over-the-top shooting. But if you're into that, it was really entertaining and cool. And I like hitmen stuff. And I'd much rather see something unrealistic, like a guy going into a room and shooting 15 people, than just a dude just having problems going across a desert with a couple of... I mean, it was just ridiculous. Listen, maybe it's not the worst movie in the world, Okay. But that's a DVD movie at best. They never ate. That's the other thing. They never ate anything. Whenever they, you know, they they drank water once. They never ate anything. Nobody got fucking tired. Nobody lost energy. Just so ridiculous. Going through these storms. They got like they got fucking three armies behind them, and they just still make it through every situation. And then the screen goes black. And then guess what? They're driving again. Oh, they fixed something. Now they're going to just keep driving. Then I got to watch a chick who looks like she plays bridge with my grandmother back in the day coming on a motorcycle saying that she's going to go back and fight. I mean, come on. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. And I don't even care. Everyone's like, oh, why, why, why? Because it was a feminist? No, I don't care about that. I don't care that the woman in the movie was a badass. If Charlize Theron was a... A badass in the movie, then great. But it's called Mad Max, and Tom Hardy's in it, and he didn't do shit in it. He didn't do shit in it. I guess at the end, he fucking did one thing to the bad guy. It was not. It was like this, like quiet dude just sitting with her. I, I just don't get it. It's listen. It's 2015. I want. I would have at least wanted to see. Forget the action. I don't care about explosions. I'm not, I don't. I, you know what I mean? I'm not a caveman looking at fire. I don't care about explosions. It's 2015. I've seen all that. If I want to see explosions, I'll just... There's a million different movies you can watch with that. I don't care about that. You know? But if Tom Hardy was like, you know, like merciless and just fucking... You know what I mean? And it started out good. Like he had those crazy thoughts that held him back from doing what he really wanted to do or what he was capable of doing. You know? And they even make you think, oh my God, this is going to be the baddest dude in the world. He just ate a two-headed lizard. This is great. He's eating lizards. This is going to be the shit. And then it's just a bunch of fucking chaos in the desert. People just driving around like assholes in the desert and just the same chase for two hours. I got to sit through this shit. Getting ridiculous, man. That's the standard of movies now. That's it. Just tell people they were real stunts and give them a little fire and explosives and that's it. Oh, and today, and if a chick is a, if a chick is a badass, then, you know, that's the thing. That's what you need today. You need a chick being a badass. Now you could throw a couple of grandmothers in there too. A couple of grandmothers, give them a gun, let them shoot a bad guy. And then when a grandmother shoots a bad guy and he flies off the, 
the the tank he's on or whatever he's on after that's a big that'll be an applause break because that you know that that'll that'll satisfy the people fucking dummies give me a break give me a break if i was ever driving in the fucking desert and i had armies after me okay and i was and i and i finally get to a place i think is going to be the place that's going to be a safe haven okay and then a couple of grandmothers pulled up on some mopeds i'd fucking put a gun in my mouth and shoot myself just to end it cuz it would be much quicker and easier that way Instead of going, we got to go back the same way. We got to go back where the water is. Yeah, that's a great, smart idea. Unfortunately, there's three armies with a lot more guns and a lot more crazy people that are right there behind us and we can't get through it. That's why. Oh, wait, but it's an unrealistic movie, so we'll act like actually do it and people will be psyched at the end of it. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I was so fucking pissed off when I walked out of that movie theater. I can't even tell you. I can't even tell you. I'm sitting here and I feel like the asshole because I'm telling my brother, I'm telling my friend, oh, I heard this is the movie, man. I heard this is the movie. This is going to be the movie this summer. This, this might be one of those early summer movies that steals the summer and nothing will ever live up to it. Are you kidding me? I wanted to drive. I wanted to drive away from the theater. The way they were driving away from the bad guys in the desert. I just wanted to drive away from the theater and hopefully not fucking see that again. I just don't understand what people get so crazy about. People get so so enamored by a couple of cool scenes and explosions and people jumping from a car to a car and a couple of different things. It was like, I mean, can there can there be any story? You can't tell me. I don't care who you are, whether you like the movie or not. And if you did, God bless you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. That's fine. Maybe you like post-apocalyptic movies and you don't care about a story, but... I mean, you got to be honest. And anybody who saw the movie, you have to be honest. Because I was talking to my manager, David Kimowitz. He liked it. But then after talking to him, he even admitted, yeah, there really wasn't a story. I mean, let's be honest. The bad people were in the big place and they were basically holding back on the, on the, you know, on the water to control the people and do all the stuff that they did. A chick goes rogue because she doesn't want the women to have to, you know, give babies to people. The, you know, the whole choice thing. And I get that. That's fine. So she goes rogue. Mad Max ends up fucking getting into an explosion and, and being able to go off and, and be with them. And, of course, they act like they're going to kill each other. And then they become friends. Fine. That that that, yeah, that hasn't been done a thousand times since the f- fucking 1940s. And then they're just going. And then they just drive, drive, drive. Bad stuff happens. Drive, and then they got to go back. And bad stuff happens, a couple people die, and then they finally get back, kill the bad guy, and then they're in control of everything. And it's just, I mean, come on. I mean, I could write that on my deck on a Sunday afternoon with a fucking lemonade in front of me. I could write that, I could write that story. Awful. Shirley stared around with a shaved head and makeup on her fucking head and one arm, and she actually fuck was like the badass in the car and in the chase or in the truck or whatever. You know, I just, it's just, it's just insulting when cars flip and blow up and then they're in the fucking desert and of course the stars live. I mean, I know it's a movie. I get that. But like, how many, how can you tell me it was dope? And everybody's saying it was so cool. It was, oh, this is a great movie. It's such a smart movie. No, nobody, actually nobody said it was smart. But oh, it's such a great movie. It's a badass movie. And you're going to love it. You're going to love it. I don't care. If so, I'd rather they don't do the stunts if the story's good. I don't give a fuck if Tom Hardy jumps off a of, I don't care if a, a real truck blows up. Put a fake truck blowing up if the story's good. I don't know. 
I don't know. I'm pissed. I'm fucking pissed off. You know, I got some, I had some, I had some candy. I had a drink. I was psyched, man. I was ready. I was ready. I should have known something was wrong when he just put that two-headed lizard in his mouth and chewed it. And you're supposed to think he's this badass right when it starts. And then he just gets like captured and he's sitting there. And then, you know. And they're just driving through the desert with him strapped to the hood like a hood ornament. And the car next to him is playing the guitar. Or the guy's playing the guitar. And, ooh, everybody's shaved heads with white makeup. Oh, this is different. This is different, you fucking idiots. I'm done. Mad Max stunk. Okay, watch it again and really watch the story. And watch who the stars are. And you tell me if that's a really good movie. Or if it's a movie that was just in the theaters that was action and had a couple of stars in it and people needed it. It's a fucking joke. And it's nothing against the people that made the movie or Tom Hardy. or I know they're all good actors, but th- that movie was fucking insulting to me. And here's another thing. I'm getting sick and tired of Rotten Tomatoes liking all of these movies. And they give good movies like 50 and 40%. You know? And I figured out Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes is another one of these things where if a movie makes a little bit of a statement or does something different, ooh, it's edgy and they're taking chances. There were females in the movie who were really kind of badasses and kind of stole the show or the whole feminist thing. And again, I don't care about that. If a woman's a badass in a movie, I don't care. I'm not going to call it a feminist movie. I'm not going to call it a a feminist statement. That's a good movie with a chick fucking kicking ass. I don't mind that. But like, I mean, come on. 98% 98% on Rotten Tomatoes? I mean, that's ridiculous to say that. That's ridiculous. To give Mad Max Fury Road 98% on Rotten Tomatoes is fucking ridiculous. And I probably shouldn't talk like this because I'm starting to act now. No, but uh, I don't know if you guys saw the uh, Housewives... The uh, housewives uh, during the NBA playoff sketch that I did, but uh, it's getting a lot of uh, it's getting a lot of heat, and apparently USA Today picked it up and they put it on their site, um, and uh, it was just getting a lot of good feedback, and it's pretty cool because you know it's just nice. Like I have some some people and some friends and people that I you know know that I do, you know do movies and on TV shows that kind of called me up and complimented uh, complimented the sketch, and it was cool. So if you haven't seen it, it's on Twitter, it's on the Facebook page. Judy Gold plays my wife, and uh, she acts like she's going to stab me, and it's pretty funny, so you could check that out. But back to the Mad Max thing. Just an absolute common, easy thing with big actors, a lot of explosions, a lot of chasing, a lot of, um, you know, but nothing, there was just nothing, like, I didn't get moved at all. It wasn't heartfelt. Like the one they tried to be heartfelt when when he, when Charlie Theron is like they think she's dead and her eyes are closed and Mad Max is holding her and he just goes Max, my name is Max. Whoa, that was a foof. There's a breakthrough that'll give you the chills. Fucking dumb. No, but I liked how the I liked how the explosions happen and I like yeah I liked a couple scenes too. I thought a couple scenes of explosions too. But you know what? After a while. Like, just, like, flying in a truck in the desert with people behind you and seeing cool graphics in the background and having some things happen. Like, that's not enough for me. 
And listen, I know what you guys are saying. Wow, Paul, why don't you move on? Why do you keep talking about the movie? Because you just didn't like it. That's fine. No, I get that. And you're right. But the reason why I, I don't understand is everybody loved it. And, and they're looking at me like I'm wrong. I want to know what I missed. I don't want to hear from you if you liked it. How about this? Email me or send me a message if you agree with me and you didn't like it. Just so I don't feel like I, I missed something or I'm, or I'm wrong. And I know I'm not because we walked out together like, what the fuck was that? And I know it sounds like I'm insulting people that liked it because I'm saying that you just look at fucking fire. And you're, I'm not trying to call you stupid. Listen, if you liked it, and maybe you like movies where it's just a chase and it's just like that and you had fun with it. And I'm not trying to rain on your parade. But for me, I I just can't buy... I can't buy into, you know, let's get a couple of 65-year-old chicks on motorcycles in the desert, you know, out here and try to beat these armies and we'll go back the other way. You know, I just I just can't. I can't. You know, a couple of pregnant chicks. I mean, it's just a joke. It's a fucking joke. Uh, all right. I'm done. Let's move on. I'm sorry that rant was long. I just couldn't. I just can't. I just... You know, when you expect something and you want something, that's why I'm done with, I'm done with, I'm done with superhero movies too. I'm not doing it either. I'm not waiting online. I'm not doing superhero movies. You know what? I'm going to watch that shit with my kids from now on. I'm I'm just going to, I want to see somebody write a story that just makes you go, oh my God, that was amazing. The writing was smart. The acting was great. It was a good story. You know, I just, I just, you know, just, I don't know. All right, whatever. I'm sorry. I just totally forgot I was doing a show. I'm sitting here just getting that mad. All right. So, didn't like Mad Max. It does not get the Verzi effect approval. It gets the watch it if you're high and you like chases that last forever and unrealistic weird shit. And remakes, you know, when you're high and you, you want to put it on DVD. That's what I would say. Uh, we're going to go a little backwards tonight on the show. And I'm going to go into sports right now. And then after I go into sports, I'll talk about some other things. And then we'll get to the unacceptables. I'll probably close with the unacceptables today. All right, we'll do it a little different here, but we got plenty of time left. We're 30 minutes into the show. Hope you guys are enjoying it. This is the Verzi Effect, episode 212. I know a lot of you guys like Mad Max and you're mad at me, but you could just fast forward that part and get to this part because I'm going to talk about some other things. Unless you agreed with me and you think that that rant was awesome because it wasn't even a rant. It was just how I felt. Uh, you know what would have been funny, dude? If Somebody should do a spoof on that movie. Like where he's like, fuck, all right, you know, we got to go back. Who do we got? And then they look up and they see those like chicks on a motorcycle coming. They're like, oh, this is going to be badass. And they take the helmets off and it's a bunch of grandmothers. And he's just like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to, um, I'm going to take my chances. <laughs> I'm going to take my chances. Uh... Okay. If it was a real post-apocalyptic world, he would have fucking slit those grandmothers throats, take their fucking motorcycle and just went the other way and left Shirley's there and fucking found some other place to go. Sports, let's talk about it. I first got to say that um, one of the coolest things that happened over the weekend, 
okay? Something that made up for the Mad Max day was watching American Pharaoh win the Triple Crown. That was seriously one of the, the, the biggest thrills I've seen in sports, honestly, because for years, you know, I remember being in, you know, in high school and college, and I, I, I just remember like the last couple of decades just, you know, really waiting for it. And there was a couple of horses that had the chance. Big Brown had the chance. Funny Side had the chance. One of the closest ones was Smarty Jones. Smarty Jones got to like 50 yards before the finish and he got caught and he ended up not, you know, not, not winning. He ended up losing and I think coming in second or third because the Belmont is so long, the horse just runs out of gas. And um, one big thrill for me was I was actually at the Kentucky Derby with Jason Lawhead, Bill Burr, Jason Lawhead's dad, and we had amazing seats at the finish and we got to see American Pharaoh win and American Pharaoh didn't win by that much on the Derby. So you were just like, wow, maybe this horse, you know, he won the Derby. Who knows what'll happen? But out of the three, the Derby was his worst. And, uh, you could argue that out of the three, the Belmont was his best, because it was the longest one. He, he, he went wire to wire. He, he just came out of the gate and he just won the race. But the coolest thing about it and what really made me get the chills kind of was there's very few horses in history that have that extra gear, you know. Um, there's something to be said about the extra gear in anything in life, in anything, you know. I was talking to a comedian out in Cleveland and we were talking about, you know, comedians that headline. And I think there's two different types of comedians that headline. There's a there's a comedian that gets the job done, you know. And then I think, you know, in all honesty, I think there's a comedian, you know, he said, like, that has an extra gear. And the comedian I talked to said that. He goes, yeah, you know, they get the job done, but do they have the extra gear? And that extra gear is just like, you just take it to another level and it's just something that's great. And, you know, I think to win a Triple Crown, these horses had it. Like, this horse just had, well, this horse literally, I mean that extra gear because it was running and fast, but like where horses normally get caught and lose in that final stretch of this race, this horse got stronger, hit that extra gear, and there was no way he was going to have that horse catch him and win, uh, have that horse catch him and have the other horse win and, you know, he lose and drop to second, third, fourth or whatever. There was no way this horse was doing that. This horse was that good. And I'm going to tell you when I knew this horse was going to win, win the race. And it was so cool because I was jumping up and down with my six-year-old son. He was so thrilled and he loved, you know, he, he loved it. And we had that moment together, but my wife loved it. My daughter, we were all sitting there and it was just really cool. And I was trying to explain, you know, the magnitude of the moment to my son, but I knew that that horse was going to win because when he was out in front for like three quarters of the race, if you looked at the jockey, uh, Victor Espinosa, when you looked at him, he was just waiting. Like you could tell he wasn't, he wasn't like fighting with the horse. He wasn't trying to get the horse to anything. He was literally just holding it and going for the ride. And he knew that the horse didn't even really put in what it was going about to put in to win the thing. And I said, I go, I knew I was like, wow, man, he knows he's in the right position. He's in front and he's not even full, fully going yet. Cause, and then finally he just took off. So that made my, uh, sports day for sure. That was awesome. So, uh, and I thought it was just, it's just good, man. Stuff like that's good for the country. It's good for the sport of, um, of horse racing. It'll get people involved. It was just, it was really awesome. So I, I really enjoyed that. And to be somebody who got to see that horse at the Kentucky Derby, which is one of the most famous races in the world, um, probably the most famous race, 
uh, it was awesome. The one year I go, I got to see a Triple Crown winner uh, along with my you know closest friends. So that was awesome. I have to talk about LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers now. I'm not going to lie to you people. I said before the series started, I said, look, there is... I, I think that there's a really good chance they could win it. I predicted them to win it in six. I thought Kyrie Irving was going to be a difference ma- maker, taking a lot of pressure off LeBron James. And then, you know, what happens? Kevin Love is out, of course. And then, uh, you know, you're thinking it's going to be Kyrie. At least I was. And um, don't get me wrong. I thought J.R. Smith shooting well uh, from the perimeter would obviously help them and Shumpert on Curry. That that played a factor into my decision, but I just thought with Kyrie Irving being able on a night to put up 30-something, it would take LeBron pressure of LeBron James you know, from doing what he has to do now, which is put up 40-something a night. But then Kyrie gets hurt, everybody writes them off, and even in my head, I'm like, wow, if Kyrie hasn't come back, I mean, I really can't see. I mean, I'm interested to see what happens, but there, there's no way I could be confident thinking that the Cavs are going to win the series. And what happens? I mean, this guy is putting up numbers. What do you put? 44, 41, and 40 in three games? I mean, two two assists away from averaging a triple-double in the first three games of a, of a final series? With the first two on the road in one of the most hostile buildings? I mean, what this guy is doing right now is so unbelievable. And I put something on Facebook. I said, it's going to take this guy 30 and 15 to win tonight. And he ended up doing better than that. He did something like 40-something, 15 and 11 or something. He just put up like some amazing, amazing numbers. But, I mean, listen, LeBron James will never be Michael Jordan. Okay? Nobody will ever be Michael Jordan. People have a hard time not understanding that. Michael Jordan... First of all, you can argue Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball, uh, greatest uh, defender of all time. Not only is Michael Jordan the best basketball player of all time, and probably the best offensive player of all time, or one of he's the best defensive player of all time. You can argue that he's the best, <coughs> but just the tenacity, the leadership, the ability to make people around him better was just unmatched. Now, I've never seen LeBron James be as focused and into a series as he is right now. I've never seen it. I've never seen a guy will his team and make it. And this is the first time he's actually making his teammates fucking... I mean, this this Delavidova guy is, you know, jumping into the crowd, doing everything. He's got these guys believing. He's got these guys really thinking that they could do it. And I've never seen that before. But what this guy's doing, we have not seen a body like this. A Carl Malone-type body play fucking point guard. Be able to score like Jordan, pass like Magic. I mean, putting these unbelievable numbers up. I mean, we're witnessing something that's really great. And whether you're into basketball or not, I would just suggest watching this because, like, you're talking about a star who does not even. Ha- he's playing with somebody said today. He's playing with a sec. He's playing with a. He's playing with second stringers, and he's leading in this series. And I got to tell you something, man. If that Shumpert little flick at the end. If that uh, Shumper thing at the end goes in, you, you're talking about 3-0 Cavs right now. So this is like, this is incredible what's happening. Also, this is the first finals that the first two games ever went overtime. I mean, we're watching something really special here. So um, I think if this guy wins this title, if LeBron James wins a title for Cleveland his first year back, a bunch of players that weren't even on the team to begin the year, 
Okay, then you got Love going out. Don't forget, Anderson Varejao went out. Okay, the guy in the Celtics pulls Love's arm, rips it. Okay, and now you just got Kyrie. Then Kyrie goes out. You don't have him. I mean, if this guy wins a title this year, you're talking about one of the most undeni- the most undeniable title and ring anybody has ever gotten. That's it. It's solidified. Nobody could say any- if LeBron James wins it, that's it. I don't care what he did. I don't care that he left to Miami. He came back and he did something. That, I mean, to do it this year, for him to do it this year is the most insane thing I've ever seen. So uh, that's been that's been amazing too, and. Um, that's really all I got to say. I mean, I'm just enjoying it. And, I, I mean, it's too bad. I know a lot of people don't care about basketball, but, I mean, this is something that's really special to watch. Um, Listen to this shit. So we go to a fair. We go to the fair the other day, right? And uh, it was nice. They had rides and they had all the games, bullshit games. That's going to be my unacceptable. I got to tell you about that. But... We go to this place where you can win a goldfish, right? You throw a ping pong ball into, uh, you know, a hole that's barely the size of a ping pong ball. And, you know, they're like, yeah, yeah, you know, two bucks will get you seven balls and this and that. So we go first and we don't get anything. And we're like, ah, we'll come back later and do it. So long story short, you know, we had some food, shitty food. We went on rides, you know, the fucking Ferris wheel, all, all this stuff. I, I shouldn't say that, though. The kids did do some fun stuff. Like, they did a bungee jumping thing, like, where they strap you and you jump up. And, like, you know, my, my kids had a great time with that. We actually had a really nice day. The weather was great. So we go back to this fucking goldfish thing. And we just, my son's like, let's get some, you know. And he's got this look. Like, he's like me. When, like, he doesn't do something right or he can't win at something at first, he wants to go back and do it. And that's like me. Like, I, we just have that, I just have that thing where, like, I have that competitive pride and I have to get something done. I have to do it. I have to do it better. I have to win. So he goes back. This kid, I swear to God, he doesn't, he gets those fucking ping pong balls and he doesn't win one goldfish. He wins fucking four of them. He just starts throwing them. And the lady's like, I got one. I got another one. Daddy, mom, I got another. And the lady's like looking around. The lady's looking freaked out. And she's like, how many is that? We bring, we end up coming home with fucking four goldfish. And I don't have goldfish food. So now I'm shopping around for goldfish food. They don't have goldfish food anywhere. So I end up going to a supermarket yesterday. I had to give them bread the first couple of days. Four of them. One of the goldfish died. My son freaked the fuck out. He freaked out like this fish and him have been walking to school together for 20 fucking years. He freaked out. Anyway, there's three more. I got the goldfish food. I got a tank. And the point of the story is, guys, if you go to a carnival or you go to a fair and you kick up by goldfish, just know that you're going to have to fucking do things with it. And it kind of sucks. So I would try to go past it. Yeah, it's not like he got one goldfish and a bowl and he doesn't give a fuck. He got like four of them. Like this kid, if this kid would have kept playing, we got a, we got a fucking aquarium. And it was ridiculous. But here's my unacceptable for the week. Uh, yeah, then I guess I could talk about those other things too. I, you know, we'll do unacceptables now. How about that? You know, why not? It's my show. We'll just go with that. Uh, my unacceptable for the week is these fair, the workers at the fair at the games pressuring you in when you're walking by with your family. Like, I couldn't even make eye contact. Come on, buddy. Now's the time. Now's the time, buddy. Come on. Come on. Oh, come on. Just a couple bucks, man, for the kids, for the kids. And then it was almost like, like, it's a nice day. I'm walking through a fair. I want to go through some rides. And these used car salesmen 
Oh, come on, any prize, any prize I could get. And so I just want to be like, and then like the guy at the basketball thing, I was like, come on, man, I, you see that the rim is re- bent, you know? Because I'll fucking make it rain out there. I'll, I'll knock shots down if it, and he's like, oh, come on, man, if, if, if they're not bent, it's a regular foul shot, you'll be killing me all day. It's like, it's like, no, I'll pay you whatever, two, five bucks for three shots, and if it's a legitimate thing, I'll do it. You guys are bending rims, like it's, 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 no, and then he's like looking at me like I'm a dick. It's fucking unacceptable. It's like, listen, asshole. First of all, first of all, don't look at me and get mad at me, okay? Because you got a tattoo on your neck or whatever, and you can't get a fucking job, or you just got out of jail and they got you this job. And good for you for having a job. And I'm not trying to knock you for working at a carnival or a fair. I'm not going to sit here and shit on those people because they actually got out of bed and and are going to work. But don't make me feel like a scumbag. Like if you want to say something like. Hey guys, a lot of fun over here if you want. If not, have a great day. That's a guy I'm going to go to. Okay, I'm not going to fucking sit there and, and, and fight with a guy. A guy making me feel guilty. Come on, man. Come on, man. Dude, oh, come on. You just come over here. Like, and it was like, it was like almost like you couldn't make eye contact with these people. You fe- and, and the dude was a dick. And every time I've gone to these places, these guys are dicks. And they rob you out of money. And the prizes suck. And he goes, come on, man. Let the kids catch a fish. And like they had those little rubber, you know, those rubber like sharks with hooks and, or like, you know, uh, little hoops in their mouth and the kids get the hook and you pick it up and they get these cheap gifts. They're like, come on, man, five bucks each, five bucks each. I was spending, and I don't care about the money, but I was spending $5 on each of my kids, six and three years old. So every fucking stop was 10 bucks and for the shittiest gifts. And I'm like, I could have taken these kids to a store. All right, and gotten them. So I could have got these kids like a fucking, you know, iPad for the money we spent at this shitty thing. And the guys are like dicks and fast talkers. Come on, man. Come on, man. Now's the time. Now's the time. Get over here. Get over here. Oh, come on. Just real quick. quick. And you almost feel like they're so good at it that you're almost like, should we? Like, I feel bad not doing it. It's like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not fucking doing it. What are you going to give my kids? Something that came out of a cereal box? Some cheap thing? I'm not doing it. But don't make me feel like... And the guy was just a dick. The guy, like, gave me an attitude. It was absolutely unacceptable. And I'm telling you something right now. That's what you do. When you go through this summer, when you go on vacation and you go to a boardwalk and they have stuff like this and people at games or or, or a fair or, or an amusement park and they say something, go, no, man, it's a shitty gift, okay? It's a shitty gift. We're going to go to the ones I want. How about that? These people need to be knocked down a peg. Don't talk shit. You're going to give them a SpongeBob fucking floaty thing or, or, or you know, blow up thing that's going to, you know, get hot in the car and start, you know, losing air in a second. You're going to give me shit. You're charging me $10 for it. Be nice and we'll come over to your thing. Don't start yelling at us. You fucking uneducated prick. What a dick. Guy was pissing me off. Come on, man. Come on. Oh, come on. Yo, man, you'll kill me. It's like, I'm not here to haggle with you. Understand? I'm here with my family. I'm off right now. I'm enjoying my day. You understand? I don't want to hear you. I don't want to hear you on your stupid thing. Okay, good. You got a job. You got a shitty fucking job. Stop yelling at people. I didn't want this podcast to be angry. You know, I just Mad Max fucking pissed me off. That's my unacceptable. These fair or carnival or amusement park people that you walk past them and they're not cool about it. Some of them are, but the ones that are just dickheads and make you feel bad. I couldn't make eye contact with somebody. Me and this guy had this awkward thing where I had to just keep walking straight. Come on, $5, they win any prize. That's how you know it's bullshit. $5, they win any prize. All they got to do is catch one. They can pick anything they want. They can pick anything they want. It's like, yeah, then then it's then, then you might as well. How about I give you five bucks 
How about I give you five bucks and you keep the shitty toy because that'll be better for my kid. And I don't know what it is about people that work at fairs. I don't know if they get the job because they are ex-cons or they are felons. But all of them are just like, I mean... Well, man, he wants to play. Let his brother play. T- let his sister wants to play, too. Man, you just catch that fish and anything you want. All right, buddy. All right. And it was, like, nice, but it's just like, Jesus Christ, man. You got to read a little bit. Let's get to your guys' unacceptables here. Let's try to make this happier. Let's make this about you now. I'm sorry, everybody. Here we go. This one is from. Uh, we're gonna go to the wet. We're gonna go to the emails, and then after we go to the emails, we'll go to Twitter. But not too much. Not gonna spend too much time with it, and then um, we'll talk about a couple other things and get out of here. So, this one is from Joshua Myers, and Joshua Myers says, "Dear Paul, a friend and I are done with our meal at a restaurant. We go to the front desk to pay for our meal. I hand the guy a twenty-dollar bill." And while he's counting my change, he grabs a bottle of chocolate milk from under the register and takes a drink before he gives me my change back. I guess animals need their milk. Why are front desk people so rude and disgusting? Unacceptable. Your cage will have a dog bowl of chocolate milk. Um, Yeah, so you go in there to buy something. You go to the front desk to pay. And the guy just starts swigging chocolate milk from under the register and takes a drink. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a great one. I'm just going to say, though, and with all due respect, something tells me it wasn't the greatest restaurant. You know, because let's be honest, that's not happening at the fucking, at the Palm. You know, that's not happening at fucking Tavern on the Green. Uh, But yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just an absolute shit show when they're doing stuff like that. Uh... Okay, so here we go. This one is from Gildo Chaluli. Wow, that's Italian, huh? I hope I said that right. I got Gildo Ch- uh, Chaluli. And it says, hi, Paul. Uh, first thing, you did awesome again opening for Bertha Wilbur. I uh, say uh, front row, great show. Okay, great. Here's my unacceptable. Uh, I took my son to a local popular restaurant for lunch. As we were eating, an older woman who was working started to sweep the floor right where we were eating. I can't stand when they do that, especially with cleaning products. Uh, eating, which is no biggie. My family owns an Italian restaurant. Yeah, I mean, with your name, you better own a fucking chain of them. Um, my family owns an Italian restaurant, and I was always told to never sweep when people are eating unless absolutely necessary. Needless to say, there was no need to be sweeping in our area. So politely I said, you might want to do that after. She looked at me and said in broken English, no, 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 it okay. Uh, and I say, no, really, you can't do that. Uh, you can do that after. She smiled and continued on obviously not understanding me. She then grabs my napkin that I was using off the table and my son's and threw them in uh, her trash pile. I was in shock. So I said, <laughs> So I sighed loudly, obviously annoyed, and got up to walk across the restaurant to the counter to get more napkins. And when I got back, my son 
has tears rolling down his face, and I realized his food was gone. So I said, what happened? And he said the lady started what? Started sweeping under his feet and motioned for him to move. So he got up quickly because he was confused and dropped his food all over the floor. Wow. Paul, I was so fucking angry. I wanted to just flip the fucking table over and say, no, you can sweep and put your broom to work. You fucking, wait a minute. Uh, yeah, you fucking witch. But I didn't. Uh, uh, but I didn't want to flip out in front of my son, which makes sense. That's your good dad. I could tell already. I'm trying to raise him right and to always be respectful. But this lady had me on edge. I know the owner very well. Well, that's good. I mean, he got, he's got to fix that then. But I was pretty sure this was um, one of his family members. So I didn't say anything and gave my son my food. Okay, nice, man. And that was the end of it. What a fucking animal. There was no need. If you don't like your job, then quit. But don't be an asshole to customers. Learn the language and some restaurant etiquette, you fucking animal. Sorry, I'm just pissed. Well, let, let's be honest. This is the, the theme of the Verzi effect today. Just annoyed, but like not... It's just one of those... It's one of those things. Just annoying. Uh, hold on. Uh, sorry, I'm just pissed that she made my son cry. Keep up the great work, Paul. My days go by much faster when listening to the podcast. I promise my next one will be shorter. No worries, buddy. I appreciate it. Thank you for the submission. I totally understand your frustration. And it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, you want to, you want to, you know, do the right thing and make your children respect people and, and, and not see you get upset. But at the same time, when something unacceptable like that happens, it's, it's, it's really hard to, especially when you see your children upset, you know, anytime you see your children upset, uh, because of somebody else's actions, that's something that people without kids don't understand. When you see your kids upset, it's one thing. But when you see your kids upset because of somebody else, man, that's really like, fuck. You know, if my son's crying because he fell outside or he's just, you know, going through something himself with his foot, you know what I mean? He's upset. You know, you deal with it. But when you see that happen because somebody's in, you know, just being inconsiderate, that's that's hard. Or Or even somebody being dumb. All right. Here we go. Uh, this is from uh, Joe Toner. My wife is third in line to check out. Women checking out. Uh, woman checking out raises hell about how her groceries are being bagged. The bagger kid clearly has Down syndrome. Unacceptable. Good news. Store manager comes over, asks what the problem is, tells the woman. Take your business elsewhere. I don't want you in my store again. Cool. Love the podcast. Best of luck, Joe T. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, th there's no reason to, I mean, there's no reason to raise hell um, about stuff like that, you know. Uh, unless the, you know, the person bagging was just making it, you know you know, really uncomfortable and nuts in which they probably wouldn't work there. So, yeah, that's just, that's ridiculous. Thank you for the submission. This one, here we go. What is that? Okay, this is from Joshua Scott. Joshua says, walking into a sauna and seeing the sweaty ass dick and balls print left by an uncaged animal. Cage the sweaty beast, Josh. And it's a picture of somebody's sweat outline. 
Oh, Jesus, you actually can see some private part, like, outline there. Wow. Thank you, Joshua, or should I thank you? But no, man, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I love when you guys said the pictures are fucking hilarious. All right, here we go. This is from Gregory uh, Rasmussen. Uh, Paul, thank you for creating this email so I can write in long form how unacceptable my savage coworker is that sits in front of me. Every day I have to share this dummy-looking 40-year-old adult who slouches back in his desk chair, staring at his computer with his fat gut hanging out the bottom of his shirt, quickly picking... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Op- <laughs> openly pick his fucking nose like a four-year-old who just discovered boogers for the first time. I can even tell when he gets a good one because I can see him roll... Oh, roll the freshly picked... Uh, goober between his fingers and flick it on our office floor. Then to make matters worse, once he's done, oh my God, going knuckle deep in his nostrils, he proceeds to bite his fingernails without washing his fucking hands, all while making the most vile slurping slash suck, ugh, no, sucking noise. Someone needs to put this asshole in a cage before I snap and beat him silly with my keyboard. Thanks for your time and keep up the awesome work on TV. Greg Rasmussen. P.S. Uh, come do some spots in Philly. The amount of unacceptable people you will see will make your fucking head explode. Now, I've been out there before, and I got to say, though, the, the last time I was in Philly, the crowd was amazing. Uh, but, yeah, dude, I do know that that area's got some animals out there. Like all. Like all. Uh, thank you so much for the... Um, Thank you very much for the uh, submission. That was hilarious. Um, okay. So, anyways. Let's see what else we have here. Uh, this one is from... It looks like Ryan uh, Gennaro. Okay, what's up, Paul? i uh, got two quick ones. Number one, morons who obviously walk in the middle of the parking lot looking down at their phones, clueless about three cars... Um, that are 30 feet behind them, waiting for them to move to the side so they can pass. Yes, I see that all the time. Those people fucking need to get bumped. Like, not killed or hit, but bumped so they fucking never do it again. Number two, fat tub of shit. (laughs) Fat tub of shit standing at the beginning of an aisle at CVS looking at the gift card rack, creating a blockage so everybody has to walk around the other side of the aisle to get in. That's an inconsiderate prick. And you know what's funny about that? Today, somebody was in our way at a restaurant. I'll talk about this after, but somebody's in our way at a restaurant. And, like, the guy was just standing there, like, with his party. And other people were looking, know that we tried to get by. And finally, I just walked by and go, excuse me, man, excuse me. Like, you know, not not rude, just excuse me. And he goes, oh, oh I'm sorry. And it's like, you got to go at him a little bit. Uh, this one is from uh, Bernard uh, Bilezak. I hope I got that right. Bizlack. Sorry if I didn't get that right. Um, Bizack. Bilezack. Sorry. Sorry, Bernard. Dear Paul, uh, my name's David. Okay, I guess this is a fucking other account. I don't know. My name's David, and I am a student at Iowa State University. I had an unforgettable, unacceptable experience at a local burrito place in Ames. Anyways, my friend and I went to Pancheros. 
uh, similar to Chipotle. And when we got there, there were only four girls standing in front of us in line. However, they only had one person working between uh, the register and making the burritos. This caused a 15-minute delay before we could even order our burritos. To top it off, the man working behind the counter was dripping in sweat. And the see, I would have been out right there. See, I'm not good with like smells and sweat. I'm not good with chili. sweat. And ingredients were spilled everywhere over the countertops. Unacceptable. Also, uh, I ordered chips and salsa, and he pulled the chips somewhere out of the back of the kitchen, and the bag was crumpled up. In summary, it's unacceptable how some of the better chain restaurants can have a lack of regard for standards. Thank you. Love the podcast, David B. Well, thank you for the support, David B. Good luck to you out at uh, Iowa State. And um, I know they got a great football program out there. It's a good, great, great sports school. Um, yeah, like for me, if I see sweat, if I smell something bad, and if I see dirtiness in a restaurant or food, it's, it's absolutely over. Like, I walk in and it is over. Sweating is the nastiest. Plus, you know somebody that's at the counter that's sweating? You know if they're at the counter sweating, the people running the place don't give a fuck. And God knows how much the cook is sweating with all the ovens on and the stoves and all the shit back there. The guy's probably sweating like a fucking... And it's going... And and there's no way that, you know, his hands are going to be clean on your food 100%. So it's absolutely gross and unacceptable. You're right. I would have left. Uh, this is from uh, Marco uh, Franick. Uh, hi, Paul. My unacceptable is uh, Cobain montage of Heck documentary. Uh, why, you ask? Well, because in the documentary, they showed Kurt as a drug-addicted idiot and not talented musician what he really is. Documentaries is full of subliminals, pictures slash messages, creepy music, weirds drawing, etc. It's chaotic. I had fucking nightmares when I fell asleep after watching it. Okay, maybe part of his life was chaotic, but why show that part of his life in that uh, in that way with personal um, footages, f- videos, drawings uh, to the world? Paul, would you like that someone after you leave this world make a documentary about you uh, and show when you were <laughs> when you are stoned, drunk? I think not. I don't know who the animal or who should be put in a cage, but I find it very unacceptable. P.S. I'm glad that David Grohl was not in the documentary except old footages. Maybe he saw that this uh, all project is wrong. Yeah, maybe you're right. Uh, Sorry for the bad English. No, dude, you did great. TVE fan um, Marco from uh, Zagreb, Croatia. P.S. That disgust lady is still kicking ass. (laughs) Um, Well, dude, thank you so much. I know that you're in Croatia listening to the show. Uh, Again, I don't even know what to say to that. The fact that, you know, my ranting and ramblings and all the shit that I talk into this microphone during the show for four years, uh, the fact that uh, it made it out to the land of Croatia is pretty amazing and... uh, I love the podcast. Your English was fine. Uh, as far as your unacceptable, yeah, um, I think they made another one though. I think there's a couple of Cobain, Kurt Cobain um, documentaries, and I think one, I think one is better than the other. I think I could be wrong, but there was one. 
that they showed, I think, at the South by Southwest Festival. And I don't know if it's the same thing as what you're saying. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, that dude was a genius. And uh, that guy was so just brilliantly talented in the stuff that he created. And um, if Dave Grohl wasn't in it or didn't talk in it, he's probably like, listen, I, I don't want to even talk about this guy's dark side and what this guy went through. I just kind of put that behind me because he probably went through a really hard time with it. So, uh, But thank you very much for the, um, for the thing. And, uh, you know, obviously you're a big music fan, and that was unacceptable to you, and I totally hear you. Uh, okay, here we go. This one is... Here we go. This is this is from John Doe. Hey, Paul. This is more for you than your unacceptable, but suppressing First Amendment rights is my unacceptable, and you can read this on your podcast if you want. Uh, you need to go to this website. And here's the website. And uh, online encryption using the best encryption. Um... All right, I'm going to have to look at this and go back to it just because there's so much to look at and I want to get to the thing. But thank you. Thank you for the thank you for the submission. I'm going to look at this and see what I could because there's like a lot of stuff here and I just want to keep this thing rolling. Uh, all right, a couple more guys and then I got a, just a few on. I got a couple more of these and then I got just a few on um, Twitter. What time do we got here? Uh, hour and four. We're doing good. Got a couple of things to talk about. We're right on schedule here. Episode 212, Verzi Effect Podcast. I hope you guys are enjoying it. hope you guys are sitting at your desk at work, looking around at everybody else, not having fun while you're listening to a great podcast. Why don't you do that right now? I want everybody right now, I want everybody right now to, uh, wherever you are, wherever you are, if you're not in a car, I mean, don't do it in a car, you don't get your fucking car wrecked, but if you're in your home, I mean, if you, I'm sorry, if you're at work, if you're in your cubicle, if you're at the gym, just look around and look at the other people not having fun. And while you look around and you're looking at them, just know that you're listening to a funny show. You're listening to a podcast. You're enjoying yourself. Okay, all these people are worried about the reports. They got to get to the boss. You're acting like you have to get a report to the boss. You're acting like you give a fuck. You know you don't care. You're there for the paycheck. You're going to go home. And what you know, and you're gonna do whatever you're gonna do. You're gonna go to Chipotle. You're gonna go home. You're gonna put on Breaking Bad. And you're gonna be the lazy cocksucker that you are. But you know what? You're gonna be happy doing it because you got podcasts to listen to. Unlike the asshole next to you in the cubicle who's taking this shit way too seriously and actually cares about making somebody else rich. I'm just kidding. I don't know if that's the case. If it is, great. If not. Whatever. Let's get back to the show. Here we go. This one is from Joey Perricone. He is definitely Irish. Paul, great podcast. Love this stuff. I was inspired to write this unacceptable after I was listening to your show today and somebody talked about their Chipotle experience. That guy was spot on. Those people deserve to be locked up. Not the kid, but their parents. Idiots. Standing there oblivious to the massive lineup behind them. Anyways, I'm going to come at you from the other side of the employee. Customer relationship. Nothing is more disgusting than when you go to one of those places, anywhere they make the food in front of you with their shitty plastic gloves on, 
and the person making your food is a goddamn creature. Back when I was in uh, university, my buddies and I would go to the local subway in town, and it was so bad we started naming staff members with nicknames. My favorite was the Sandwich Assassin. This lady was disgusting with her greasy black hair, legit playoff beard, potential facial, <laughs> potential facial hair, and just a shitty <laughs> outlook on life in general. The worst part about it was she would take your order like she was fucking better than you. Oh, that's the worst. Uh, then would uh, do that elbow coy thing too. Yuck. Like, don't cough. Yeah, that, that elbow cough thing is... When you're right, when you're making somebody's food, it's gross. Anyways, you would ask for a certain topping, and she would use her shitty bear claws and grab a handful of toppings and throw them down on the sub, like zero precision. <laughs> then let's say you would ask for a sauce, she would use her shitty bear claw again, and then it would just be a soup on top of your sub. It was a goddamn massacre, completely unacceptable if you're working at one of these places. Like, all I ask is that, that you're right, you're, you're 100% right, is that if you're going to work at one of these places, then you fucking try a bit. Like, act like you want to be there and take some fucking pride. Like, just care. You're right. Um... By the way, watched Oxymorons. Great flick. I actually watched it at the airport sitting at my gate and missed my flight because I was too dialed in. I'm an idiot. Thanks for your time, Joey. Wow, Joey. Thank you, man. Thanks so much. And, uh, yeah, there's nothing worse than somebody. Like, I told you guys that story where I ordered a salad and the lady just looked at me and said, Honey, I'm tired. And it's like, I don't give a fuck. And now I don't want the salad. It's, it's, it's like... My wife was so funny one time. My wife, um, my wife just like really wanted an iced coffee, and the person at the drive-through gave her the iced coffee, and it was bad. And my wife just got so mad. She drove away. She goes, "You got one job, one job. Can't you just fucking? It's just get it right. You know, it's ridiculous. Don't throw somebody's fucking." lunch meat and vegetables on their sandwich and just throw it down like you totally could give a fuck. Like, that person you're making it for knows you don't give a fuck, and it, like, ruins your lunch. And I used to never, ever want to be... Like, I have that thing in me. I have that, like, Sicilian thing in me where, like, being a rat and telling on somebody is, like, the worst thing to do. So that would make me not want to say anything, but I'm going to tell you right now, when it comes to restaurants and my food and your job, I will fucking say something now, you know, I will say something like, look, man, my fucking kids here, like, I can't have this, like, I'm not going to, I'm just saying, like, your employee, like, I can't have this, this is ridiculous, I, I, it's just like, you just can't have somebody come to you when you're eating and you're with people that you care about and have them treat you like that and, and think that it's just okay, because it needs to stop somewhere, thank you for the submission. Uh, during my undergrad in, uh, Grauf, I, I don't know, I can't say the name, Ontario, I witnessed some unacceptable behavior. In my second year, I couldn't help but notice, I'm sorry, this is from Alex, uh, uh, Agavi? Agavi, I'm sorry, this is from Alex Agavi. Sorry about that, Alex. During my undergrad... In some place, Guelph, 
I don't know, Ontario. I missed some unacceptable, uh, I, I'm sorry, I witnessed some unacceptable behavior. My second year, I couldn't help but notice one of my female peers sitting in the front row of our classroom, clipping her fingernails during the lecture. I thought this may have been one a one-time thing, but no. This chick was a real deal, a real freaky cat. Every week for a 12-week semester, she clipped her dirty yellow and brown fingernails and then, uh, oh my God, proceeded to swipe them off the desk onto the floor. If that wasn't enough, some days she would even chew and eat her fingernails um, if she didn't have her, uh, oh my God, if she didn't have her clippers. I don't know who raised this woman, but she belonged in a zoo with the other apes, not a lecture hall. Go Jays, go Leafs, hope to catch you in Toronto in the fall. Don't forget your skates. Well, thank you, Alex, and I will be out there performing at the Just for Laughs Festival. I want to say September 27th to October 3rd. So thank you for the submission. I appreciate it. Um... And there we go. This will be the last one of these. And then we'll do a couple on Twitter. And then we're done. Um, I would... Yeah, let's see here. Perfect. Perfect timing. Okay, here we go. This is from Wilford Ching. And Wilford says... Hi, Paul. Long-time listener here, and I love the show. I listen to your show every week, and it helps me get through my day at the office. Well, thank you, Wilford. I appreciate it, and I do it for guys like you and people like you. Um, sometimes though, you would say the dumbest, most moronic, poorly thought out shit that's just fucking unacceptable. This week, you were railing on how doctor's offices call to confirm appointments at 8.30ish in the morning, two days before your appointment. Hey Paul, what time do you think people usually get up, uh, get into the office? That wasn't my point, but I'm going to finish your, I'm going to finish your thing here. And then I will rebut this. But, okay. So, hey, Paul, what time do you think people usually get up into the office? The typical Joe and Jane works 9 to 5, which means that most people would prefer to receive that call before their workday starts. I completely disagree with that, but I'll get back to it. So, why don't they call at noon? Everyone is usually off for lunch, so uh, so it should be okay, right? Wrong. A lot of people try to get into the doctor's office during their lunch break, so that's actually one of their business times. When are you going to find the time to call? When are they going to when are they going to find the time to call you? Doctor's offices are busy as shit. Then the staff needs to take lunch off. I guess Wilford, I guess you work at a fucking doctor's office. So in order for them to call you at noon, they'd have to skip lunch uh for your lazy ass. Now we're wondering why they call two days prior to confirm. Well, they need the time to give your slot to another person in the event uh, there is a scheduling conflict. What if somebody came up? Uh, what if somebody came up at work? What if something came up at work? What if you double booked something? What the? Uh, who the fuck knows? Or maybe somebody just forgot. Shit happens. So two days is more than fair for any grown adult. Uh, additionally, you can just let the nurses know uh, that you don't want a reminder and the problem solved. So the next time you find something unacceptable and open that uninformed, ignorant cunt on your face, you call a mouth. Think 
<laughs> think about the reasoning behind something that happens. Love the show, though. Keep it going. But if you're going to call bullshit on shit that happens around you, then it's only fair that people can call you out on your bullshit, too. Thanks for making my days in the office better. Have a great day. Regards, Will. Well, first of all, thank you for the uh, thank you for the submission. And, uh, you know, if you want to call me out on something, I'm uh, I can totally that's cool. I could totally understand it. But I don't know if you work in a doctor's office or where what you what you do. But if you listened to what I said and if you listened to that rant, um, which I thought was quite funny. But if you listen to the rant, I said that if I'm going to cancel something, I'm an adult and I'm not going to break plans. But if I have to break plans, it's going to be. That day, I don't know two days after. And as far as your argument of the nine to five, um, you know, listen, in your world, maybe people do work nine to five. In mine, a lot of people don't. And I think the doctor's offices should also know that a lot of people don't fucking get up like that. There's a lot of people today that work from home. And I don't want to fucking have that confirmed before my workday starts. The last thing I want to fucking do when I wake up knowing I'm going to go to some fucking office for eight hours is is fucking talk to some stranger. I want to get my coffee and actually process my thoughts and get the fuck up. So I completely disagree. I completely disagree that at 8.30 in the morning is when somebody would want that call. That, that, that's ridiculous. And I would rather it at lunch because I'm in a good mood. The lady's going to call and I'm not going to fucking just hang up or see a number that I don't know. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go, hey, hey, what's going on? Well, I'm eating a sandwich right now. What's up? Okay, great. Yeah, I'll be there. Done. You know, instead of, hey, yeah, it's fucking 826. You're probably trying. Plus, I, I don't know if you have kids, Wilford, but like if you have kids, then that's the time you're getting them on the bus and that's the time you're getting them breakfast. Do you want to talk to somebody at a fucking office when they're in an office all like raring to go and happy and your fucking kids are screaming, crying because you made them pancakes and they want fucking Pop-Tarts? No. Okay, so you clearly don't have fucking kids, and you clearly wake up early, and you probably work in a doctor's office, which I don't give a fuck. I appreciate that you like the show. I appreciate that you listen to it. But if you're going to try to call me on bullshit and say that I say shit that's uninformed, it's not uninformed. At 8 o'clock, I don't want to listen to fucking you or anybody else calling me about a doctor's appointment because my fucking little boy needs to get on the bus, and my little girl needs to be taken care of. And the last thing I want to talk to is somebody that doesn't think I can confirm a fucking doctor's appointment. Okay? If I make a doctor's appointment for the fucking 19th of the month, I'm going to go. And if I can't go, it's probably going to be that day because I'm either in a traffic jam or something came up. Because I'm actually a responsible adult who keeps my appointments. So that's ridiculous. Uh, your point is completely wrong there. I'm not trying to be a dick and I'm glad you like the show and I'm glad you're a fan. But you're kind of coming at me in a way where you're either working in this thing or you're trying to be cuntish. And I'm not going to sit here and, you know, if you're right and you called me on something, fine. But you didn't call me on anything because it just doesn't make any sense what you're saying. What you're saying is you're assuming that people like to get called in the morning and, and get that done. And that's not the case. Normally people wake up, process their thoughts, start enjoying their day, and they're nicer on the phone. I don't need I don't need somebody else to, to wake me up. Um, so I'll, I, that, one I, that one I disagree with. Um, I don't know why, if you think I'm uninformed and ignorant, I don't know why you listen to my show. Uh, I don't know if you're just trying to be funny there. I hope you continue to listen to my show and you are just trying to be funny, but if you, I don't need you to listen to me if you think I'm ignorant and uninformed. Uh, that's the other thing. And, um, what else did you say here? Um, 
yeah, I know two days is normal to confirm, but like if I make an appointment, if I make an appointment, I'm going to keep like, there's no reason to call. Like I'll call you if I'm not coming. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand that. Like, I still don't understand the fact that these people are calling. And it wasn't two days. Some of these people have called in a week. Like, yeah, you're, I understand you're coming in next Wednesday. Or I understand you're coming in. It's like, yeah, I am. And everything is fine with it. But, again, I go back to the timing issue. Um, and, for again, as far as the typical Joe's working 9 to 5, um, I would actually think if people work 9 to 5, that would be an argument against calling that early. I don't understand why if you know somebody has to, you know, get up, go to work and do that, why would you call them then? Um, I would just, you know, call them in the middle of the day, leave a message and say, hey, this is the doctor's office. We still have you for next Thursday. Just want to make sure if there's any problems, call this number. Thanks. That's something that they could do. Okay. So, um, yeah. Listen, if you think that's unacceptable, that's fine. Uh, I appreciate you listening, but I, I completely disagree with this. With this, um, I, I can't actually tell you, you know, I can't actually tell you it, 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 it's a good thing you wrote because it just, it just seems like you're, I don't know what your intention was on this, but, uh, you know, I mean, it seems like if anybody is, is going to be ignorant here, it's this dumb fucking waste of time thing that you made me read that was a paragraph long you could have just saw some fucking cunt with bare feet somewhere and we could have had fun with this <laughs> and instead i'm listening to half of, of of a fan and half of a cuntish fucking thing that uh i guess you're a nurse i don't know well if you are a nurse i have a little fucking suggestion for you so how about this if you're a nurse, Wilford, or if you know somebody that's a nurse, how about this? How about you find them and you say, stop calling fucking people before 9 o'clock in the morning because people have families, people have shit to do, people need to get up and actually do things and not talk to an office they don't give a fuck about, okay? And if they're, that's what you should tell them. And if you do it and you work there, and then, then this is advice for you, buddy, all right? Stop calling people early in the morning. All right, this is fucking 2015. Send an email somebody can read as an adult and go, hey, if you're going to, you know, not make it, contact us here, okay? So that's what I'll say to that. So that was the last one. Thank you for the submission. All right, let's go to Twitter. Here we go. Okay, so we got the first one here on Twitter is, uh, this is from jsurf84, white people with dreads, unacceptable. That's one of my favorite ones ever. I love it. You're 100% right. There's nothing more ridiculous. There's nothing more annoying. I remember when I was like in ninth or 10th grade, I had like this like long wavy hair and somebody put like cornrows in it, but it was so wavy and dark. You couldn't tell. It just looked like my hair was slicked back. And even that I'm looking at, like it was just a thing that I just tried in high school and it wasn't like real tight and it didn't look like that. It was just, you know, something. And I was like, I can't even fucking believe. I mean, I was a little kid at the time, but like, when you see a white person with dreadlocks or braids, it's horrific. Uh, thank you. And uh, that is at, at David underscore MF underscore James. Next one is from Ronnie at Ronnie PF, uh, uh, PMF. Unacceptable. You text or call somebody and don't respond, but you see them post on social media. Put them in a cage. That's hilarious. Thank you for the submission. Uh, this is from Good Boy O. Uh, at good boy O. I uh, listen to TVE Unacceptables has given me so many ideas on being a cunt on this flight, but I won't because I'm not an animal. 
<laughs> Thank you for the submission. Uh, this one is from Corey Martinez at Crasher339. He says, anytime I order ribs at a restaurant and I have to ask for a wet nap, it's unacceptable. Here's why that's so great for this week, because I got really messy wings recently. And uh, and the wet nap was right there, and I was like, these people are the shit. This is awesome. Uh, so, you know what? I think I, I'm, there might be a couple. Yes, okay. Matt Lockyer at Matt D. Lock, Y-E-R. Leaving plastic crap at the beach. Pick it up. Lazy animals. Where's my cages at? And he just showed a bunch of litter or people left stuff on the... People left stuff there. All right. This is from Dan at Nailer underscore designs. That's D-N-A-Y-L-O-R underscore designs. Uh, Paul Verzi, unacceptable. Of the year. Companies whose shitty products malfunction, and then charge you for tech support in broken English. That's a great one. It's phenomenal. You're 100% right. That's unacceptable. Love it. Love the submission. This is from Danny Clue at Uptown KLAU. Dude who plays music on the train without headphones. Unacceptable. Headphones cost $5, you annoying asshole. I hope you go deaf. (laughs) That's... uh, Thank you for the submission. That's hilarious. Um, okay, Joseph Marsala at DJ Jam Jam fifty one fifty. Guy at bar just asked the bartender while paying for his tab to borrow five dollars. Fucking animals, unacceptable. Cage the animals. That's hilarious. Thank you. Um, all right, that's gonna be it for these unacceptables. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. I had fun with them. Keep sending them. You could send them to the email, unacceptablesfortve at uh, gmail. And obviously, go to Twitter. So thank you very much for that. Uh, What else do we have here? We have a few more minutes um, before we get into the plugs. I uh, went to my son's concert today, and it was awesome. Like, I went to his kindergarten concert, and he nailed it. Like, he had a line, he had to walk up to a microphone, and he fucking nailed it. And he nailed it, like, confidently, and it was so cool as a dad. Um, and I was into it, and the funniest part was looking at the parents that didn't give a shit. There were some guys that, like, were judging the songs on these kindergarten kids. Like, they're just looking around. It was so funny. Uh, but that was really fucking really, really cool to see. And then... I decide to take my wife out to dinner and we have a date night and we go there and there's a fire in the kitchen and it's like a really, really nice, well-known, expensive restaurant and I just wanted to do something nice because it's been so long. So I take her out. I Two towns, whole fire department showed up, fire engines, cars, everything. And it got to the point where there was so much attention on the restaurant and like they still had us there. That it would like turned into it literally turned into a show and dinner, and my wife loved it. So there you go. It was uh, it was fun, but it was weird, man. It was weird, but I had a great time with her. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, and it's been a crazy time, man. Son got his tooth pulled. He went to the dentist. It wasn't good. He kind of freaked out, and um, you know, 
the Tooth Fairy gave him a lot of money. Let's just say that. <laughs> All right, let's get into some plugs. Uh, well, before I do, I want to, again, I want to thank everybody. This has been Verzi Effect 212. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, again, want to shout out a sponsor, gonzofame.com. Go to gonzofame.com for the best, most in-depth interviews of your favorite comedians of today. That's gonzofame.com, run by Dave Gavry over there and uh, funny comedian in uh, Chicago. Also, Brookings Mediation and uh, John Burton. Call Brookings Mediation and John uh, Burton. Uh, you can go to brookingsmediation.com. And uh, it's a mediation company which will, uh, you know, just totally get rid of court and lawyer fees. And uh, you sit down and you will uh, just settle, uh, you know, debts. And, um, you know, you go over divorces, bankruptcies, and just way better. So go to Brookings Mediation for that, saving people a ton of money on legal fees and lawyers. Much faster, quicker, better solutions, not having to deal with a judge and all that, giving you, you know, some kind of definite thing that you're screwed with. So uh, definitely go to um, Brookings Mediation. That's 877-415-7770. BrookingsMediation.com and John Burton. Uh, plugs this week, guys. Just check the site. I'm going to be at the stand. I am going to also be performing at the Rex Theater in Pittsburgh, co-headlining with Joe Bartnick for the All In Tour. You could check that out. Follow me on Twitter at Paul Verzi. Um, that's V I R Z I. Thank you guys so much. I hope you enjoyed the show. Enjoy the NBA Finals. I'm looking forward to talking about it again, and I will talk to you soon. Take care.